With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome NFL Strategy Show, Thursday Night Football Showdown Edition. I'm Dave Lochran with you. As always, ready to break this down. A lot of injuries. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in dire straits from an offensive personnel standpoint, and we're here to talk about all of it. Joining me today, as he did last week and the week before, Matt Gajeski on Twitter. Follow the man at Matt underscore Gajeski. And for the first time on the NFL Showdown Strategy Show, Steve Buzzard, you know him as the Colts. You've likely seen him at up top of many contests. Uh, you'll see it in his bio, man. Multiple-time $100,000 winner, Millie Maker winner, as he stays true to his name with the Indianapolis Colts hat, rocking it this morning. Steve, good to have you with us, man. Yeah, absolutely. Great to uh, be here. Hopefully uh, you're, you're giving me some good jibes there on uh, seeing me up at the top of the standings and we can get another one up there uh, for the showdown here this this week. Yeah, hopefully it's right beneath me. Follow him <laughs> at Steve Buzzard on Twitter. Hit me up at Lafay underscore D L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Matt, I'll go to you first. And as always, we're happy to have all of you guys with us. If you're just walking in the door, be sure to hit that thumbs up and subscribe. I said the other day, only like 40, 45% of our, our viewers are actually subscribed to the channel. Write uh, that wrong. Remedy those troubles. Hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you always know when new content's going to drop next. Uh, it helps us greatly, but it's also, it's, it's also uh, going to benefit you as well. So, Matt, uh, tonight's game between the Tampa Bay Bucks and Chicago Bears uh, has a litany of injuries on the Bucks side. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. This one opened at some spots at five-and-a-half. The total is at 44-and-a-half. Hasn't really moved much off of 45. But the, the biggest, really the biggest story here is the injuries, right? Because Chris Godwin already ruled out. I have him everywhere in season-long leagues. It's brutal, but we're not here to talk about that. Justin Watson might not sound like a big deal, but given how many of the injuries they have, he's also out. Mike Evans, as Ian Rappaport just recently reported, uh, is questionable, and we won't know until warm-ups whether or not he's going to play. Scotty Miller is likely to play, but he's questionable. Leonard Fournette is doubtful, and LaShawn McCoy is also questionable. Meanwhile, O.J. Howard is done on the IR 
with that Achilles. So, I mean, I, you haven't seen anything like this in a while, but 2020 has been pretty crazy with injuries. Yeah, absolutely. I think it makes for a fun showdown slate. We're actually going to get to play some of these guys that people don't know. DraftKings was fairly sharp with pricing overall, I'd say, with Evans and Scotty Miller. If those two don't sit, however, or don't play, however, we're starting to look at some guys near the min price that are essentially playing in the wide receiver one, wide receiver two role. It's really going to shake up the showdown slate tonight, I think. It is. And, you know, as uh, as as Matt just pointed out, Steve, the, we're going to have to dig deep for some of these pass catching options, knowing that so many guys are down, uh, already ruled out, unlikely to play for the Bucks. It's going to force us into situations where, you know, we've got to be a lot more cognizant of who's actually on this roster. Who is the wide receiver for, right? Is Cameron Brake going to be involved more? Uh, it makes the strategy of going about a slate like this uh, a lot more interesting. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, uh, to, to your point, it, it does make it really interesting. I think uh, some of the things that you really want to pay attention to is um, Tampa Bay has already, I think, activated uh, Cyril Grayson uh, from the practice squad. So you may want to pay attention to even a guy like that, right? So um, I think we'll see a good amount of Tyler Johnson. He got 33% of the snaps uh last week and i wouldn't even be surprised if he gets um as much or more snaps than scotty miller and at 200 dollars uh those are the type of guys that can really uh set you apart because most people don't really know much about tyler johnson and to be honest i'm one of those people so when i think tyler johnson i think the national basketball association tyler johnson miami heat phoenix suns tyler johnson this one no no idea but you live and you learn, and you're right. He's played 30-plus percent of snaps in back-to-back -back weeks. Last week, Justin uh, Watson played 74% of snaps, Steve. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna be looking at a, a, a huge mix-up here. If Mike Evans doesn't play, that's going to make things even more insane. I'm under the impression right now that Evans will be on the field. If he does suit up, if he is active, um, do – how do we approach something like this if Mike Evans is playing? Because I know with Showdown, one of the, the key proponents to having success is you have to be different. Like, unlike any other spot, in you know regular main slates, of course, you still want to be different. But in Showdown, if you're not looking to tie a thousand other people, you really have to find ways to differentiate. If Mike Evans is active, you have to assume that he's going to be wildly popular on a team that's already decimated by injuries. It looks like Mike Evans is, if active, he's going to be in the top three as far as ownership goes in the utility spot and at the captain position. So you're absolutely right. And you're eating that ownership on a guy who's hurt. What are the chances you think that Mike Evans comes out and plays like a decoy role tonight? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll toss it over to Steve. It's a great question because I thought the same thing when I was preparing for this show this morning. Um, is Mike Evans going to play some in some form or fashion a decoy role? We kind of saw that in week one. Granted, some he just really wasn't able to get the ball in his hands. Marshall and Lattimore has given him problems forever. But do you think that's a possibility, Steve? And if so, do you attack it a different way? Or do you just bite the bullet and say, you know what? He's an elite pass catcher on a team that has no one else. I just have to go with it and, and chalk it up as a loss if it turns out that he isn't playing in full capacity. 
Yeah, I think that's going to make it really interesting, right? So uh, you're right. We have them at uh, the second highest ownership right now on the Osimo um, ownership projections. And at that point, I mean, you have to get... If the, if they weren't so decimated, then yeah, I would say, okay, you can, you can fade him and go against uh, the grain and go to another receiver. But once you're just completely fading him, there, there's just like no other options. I mean, you could rack up on the quarterbacks, but then who's he, who is Brady passing it to? You could uh, go with Allen Robinson, I guess, on the other side of the ball. But uh, I, I have a hard time uh, fading him too heavily. I think that it's going to have to be a little bit more of the, you know, if he doesn't play, then eh, you're, you're a little bit out of luck. But maybe if you're playing two lineups, you could hedge it, do, do one of each and uh, not go so overboard on him. All right. So, Matt, back to you. I, I told you, I think last week you and I were discussing it on this show. It might have been another show. Uh, I have a I have a hefty size bet. Well, hefty for me. For Ben, probably not. Uh, on Tom Brady touchdown passes this season, right? And I think we're at 24 and a half. So far, so good. Granted, Brady could get hurt. Something bad could happen. But Ben, very sharp fellow, was under the impression that Brady was done. I'm here to tell you that a lot of what we saw last year was an indictment really on his receivers and less on him. He has one of the highest adjusted completion percentages in the league. He leads the league. This is the crazy part, right? Tom Brady's deep ball is shot. Tom Brady can't throw the deep ball. Guess who leads the league in yards on deep attempts this year? Tom Brady. Guess who has more drops and a victim of more drops on deep balls than anyone? Tom Brady. If you look through the guy's numbers, he's actually done really, really well throwing the deep ball this season. Uh, He hasn't really been pressured a lot. He has the third fewest sacks of any quarterback that's dropped back more than 50 times. And in a clean pocket, he's been spectacular. So um, I I think Tom Brady needs to be looked at in, you know, we need to zoom, put a microscope on him for 2020. I don't want to zoom out and look at him from last year or the year before because what we've seen from him has actually been pretty remarkable. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, how much does he suffer if, if half of his team is hurt today? I will say, though, he has been impressive. He has shown that he's not done yet, and it re- it's reflected in all of his numbers and his efficiency numbers and his overall just basic statistical numbers as well. Yeah, you said everything. I, I don't have a ton to add on Tom Brady. This offense has been very good for him. It's an, The Bruce Arians offense has always been an offense that attacks downfield, and that's fantastic when you have receivers like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Even a guy like Scotty Miller, who has pretty good adjusted speed for his size, I know he's a small school guy, but that still suits what this offense does. And what Brady apparently was not asked to do in New England, but he can still do down in Tampa Bay. I'm not sure how the pass catchers are going to affect him. Scotty Miller can still go downfield. He's a receiver with that skill set. Tyler Johnson is more of your prototypical slot receiver. That's where he's going to play. He had very poor size adjusted speed. I don't know. It's it's really tough to say how much of this falls on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin being just elite receivers and how much is actually Brady at this point. It's a tough question. It is. No question. Steve, what are you doing with Tom Brady? Uh, I know that's uh, an equally tough question because if you're playing 150 lineups, obviously you're playing Tom Brady, but your general sentiment on him uh, going into today, do you assume that you're going to be, you know, overweight on him currently coming in at 64% projected ownership 
around 19% in the captain spot. Yeah, so most likely I, I like the idea of going probably over the field on Brady on the utility spot. I, I definitely think that, uh, especially without kind of the big options that we don't have on uh, Tampa Bay without having Godwin and without having Watson, I think the um, targets and, and points are going to be a little bit more uh, compressed from the Tampa Bay side than uh, we normally would have. Um, and I, I think you're just going to be able to fit Brady in, if you, especially if you're going to guys like uh, Tyler Johnson or Keyshawn Vaughn, who we haven't really talked about yet. But uh, if you're going with those type of guys, you're going to have the money to be able to fit uh, Tom Brady into your lineup. And it makes sense to be able to uh, do so. On the captain side, um, not so happy about that ownership number. That he is, yeah, number number one in our ownership right now. And without those type of weapons, I, I just all your uh, talk there about uh, Brady gets me a little bit excited about him, but I'm, I'm not convinced enough that he is elite enough to still be able to be the uh, captain consistently. So I think I'll be probably pretty far underweight actually on that, that number and uh, prefer to go with, uh, you know, someone else like uh, Ronald Jones or, or Mike Evans from uh, the Bucks. Cause if Brady does have a big game, there's so few options uh, in the passing game. That's probably going to be more likely that it's Mike Evans. That'll be the winner. All right, Matt. Well, based on everything Steve just said, and, and I agree to, to a large extent, there are definite ways to, to get different at the captain spot uh, away from Tom Brady. You knew this question was coming. Rob Gronkowski. It, you want to talk about, is he done yet? Maybe, I don't know, but here's what I do know. Uh, and and I'm, I'm going to, eventually this question is going to end in, is there merit to putting Rob Gronkowski at the captain spot? Uh, he saw two deep attempts last week, 20 plus yards downfield. He had only one reception for 29 yards, but he was actually targeted downfield on two of his three attempts, like far downfield. Brady overthrew him significantly on one of those. But the week before that, he had six uh, receptions on seven targets. Now, with no Godwin, again, no Justin Watson, no O.J. Howard, I mean, what are we doing with Gronk here, man? It, I'm, I'm unwilling to think that he doesn't still have a little bit of punch left on a showdown slate to get us where we need to go. But maybe you have a difference of opinion. I don't. He's seeing all of his numbers increase with these injuries. Last week in particular, he ran a route on 67% of Tom Brady dropbacks. He's played a full-time snap share now in two straight weeks. Previously, before they dealt with some of these injuries, he was right around 50%. He's still blocking a lot. They're having him block, you know, now it's a little bit shy of 50%. That's not ideal. I think maybe you still prefer a guy like Mike Evans in the captain slot because of that. But there's also a large price difference. With Gronkowski, he's not going to break the bank for you. And he's essentially getting no ownership in the captain slot. There's a strong chance he's the wide receiver one or wide receiver two. We can call him pass catcher one, pass catcher two for this team tonight. And at that type of ownership, I'm certainly, certainly going to take some stats. Oh, I love to hear it. I love it. It'll end so poorly. No question about it, but I'm all over it. And, you know, the, the other thing, too, is Rob Gronkowski, you know, despite what we've seen already, is still a very formidable red zone threat, and I'm not willing to overlook that. 
Steve, uh, tell us why we're right or why we're wrong about Gronkowski heading into Thursday night football. Well, it sure would be great to see him do it again, right? I mean, all, all these uh, years, Gronk has been one of my favorite uh, players. I, that's probably a little bit blasphemous from my uh, Colts fan, but... Uh, that's a huge I, blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love elite players, and Gronk is the most elite uh, tight end probably of all time, really. Especially, I mean, there for a while, he was just completely un unstoppable. So it would be great to see him... Uh, come out and really take down one of these uh, showdown slates again. Um, I I don't know if I can get quite behind him in the captain spot, but I, I'll give him a few shots, especially at no ownership. Um, th there's just such a wide range of outcomes that could happen um, in the passing game this week. And you could really, I mean, if um, Robert Tanyan got three touchdowns on the last showdown slate, you could definitely see Gronk having a game like that very easily. Yeah, I think it's possible. It's look, I'm not gonna. I, I don't want to understate how much Rob Gronkowski is different than than he was. But Matt, I, I also don't think it's. I think it's important also to emphasize how limited the Tampa Bay Bucks are uh, as far as pass catchers go. So you're right; he was kept in the block a lot. But I don't really know who else they go to unless it's Cameron Braid. And Cameron Braid saw. You know, two fewer targets than Gronkowski last week, who only saw three. But yeah, I, I do imagine that Gronk, with that touchdown upside that, that he's shown over the years, and the fact that Brady has been willing to target him downfield, actually does warrant some consideration uh, at the captain spot, albeit a very risky option, maybe a way to get different. Matt, let me go over to you and ask you about the rest of the uh, pass catchers here. Then we'll talk running backs and flip over to the Bears. What are your thoughts on anyone not named Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski for the Bucks? Obviously, Scotty Miller is expected to play tonight. This team employs a lot of 12 personnel, and they did so going back to last year. The latter half of the season, they did have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both suffer injuries. That time, they moved over to what was O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait as their primary tight ends, the two of them. They're still doing that a lot this year. With O.J. Howard going down last week, we saw Cameron Bray play 16 snaps. He did spend 13 of them blocking for what it's worth, but I'll lean on the 2019 sample where they did run a lot of 12 personnel and Bray was on the field a lot. We also didn't talk about the matchup for the Bears. The Bears have a couple injuries in their secondary. There are a couple safeties in Sherrick McManus and Deion Bush. The Bears have actually been really bad at covering tight ends. They've allowed at least 56 yards or a touchdown to every tight end they face this year if you want to play the matchup route, which suits Gronk and Cameron Bray pretty well in this spot. Outside of them, Tyler Johnson's going to play a role here. He's been the primary slot receiver with the injuries they've sustained so far, and I don't think that role is going to change a ton if they have Mike Evans and Scotty Miller. I think Tyler Johnson's going to play on the field most of the time here, although he hasn't been recording a lot of stats. His presence on the field should be good for, for Tom Brady here. I'm probably not going to captain a guy like Tyler Johnson, but he's the minimum price, and he really opens up salary for every other player on the slate. I've been following the Tampa Bay beat reporter for a while, Greg Allman. You can, you can follow him on Twitter. I, his, his, I forget his handle off the top of my head, but he was speculating on the wide receiver depth chart. Of course, this guy's at practice every single day. He knows better than just about anybody. And he was saying he thinks Jadon Mickens would probably be the wide receiver three if these injuries happen to actually limit some of these guys. 
And then there's a couple other players that aren't even in the DraftKings player pool who he said would assume the wide receiver four and five role. So I wouldn't, it's a really weird situation. I'm probably looking at Bray and then Tyler Johnson in that order and not paying attention to the other guys. Greg Allman, A-U-M-A-N. Just Greg Allman on Twitter. There you go, Matt. Uh, 19 Thanks, years, 19 years with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's talk about some, uh, some running backs here, Steve. You already mentioned someone like Keyshawn Vaughn. He was mixed in a little bit last week, which was nice to see. Uh, rookie running back for the Tampa Bay team. Three attempts, two receptions on three targets. That was really his only involvement. He was active in week two. I think he played a few snaps, but outside of that, uh, he's been a ghost in his rookie campaign. Now you've got LaShawn McCoy out again, who has been on the field a decent amount, just no real involvement in the offense. Uh, and Leonard Fournette, a big one, coming off that week, big week two game. Uh, he is, or sorry, week three, I think week three. He is going to be inactive again. He's doubtful to play. That leaves the Tampa Bay Bucks not only shorthanded at the pass catcher positions, but all of the skill positions, including running back. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the, the, of course you got to start with Ronald Jones, right? So his, his snaps were up to 65% last week with um, uh, Fournette being inactive. So they certainly think that he is um, a, a key part of the offense, right? So there, there's been a lot of back and forth on that. People were absolutely in love with Ronald Jones for a while. Then they, everyone was off of him. Now he's kind of back in the good graces a little bit. So I think a lot of my lineups are going to start with Ronald Jones with the passing game so uncertain and a Bears team that's not really super scary. Um, I, I think you can really feel pretty good about Ronald Jones. I don't think that Tampa Bay is 100% reliant on him. though. They're, you're not going to see him go out there and get like this um, – you know, like, like we might see with David Montgomery, for instance, you're not going to see him getting 90% of the snaps and almost all of the carries. I think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be mixed in. Uh, we saw him get about 25% of snaps last week. I think that's going to tick up a little bit this week. Um, he is a third round pick. So they certainly have some um, uh, stock cap, uh, draft capital, uh, invested in him. So, you know, that's an important thing to uh, keep in mind. And he has, he hasn't played in the other weeks, but he's at least been um, active each of the other three weeks too. So um, I think they, they definitely have plans for him. Uh, he saw three targets in his limited uh, time that he was playing last week as well. And in those three targets, one of them he took for a touchdown, uh, 22 yards or so, I, I believe. So, uh, really good showing for uh, Keyshawn Vaughn in that game last week. So I think I'm a fan of both of those. It looks like Vaughn's price is at 1,000. Um, I don't hate playing both of them together in the same lineup either because I, I just think there's going to be so many options or so many opportunities for both of them uh, to do well. All right. So, Matt, what are you doing with the backfield for Tampa Bay uh, by the way, both Chicago and Tampa have done very solid jobs of limiting opposing offenses, but the Bears on the ground are allowing north of 115 rushing yards per game. Uh, is this a matchup that, that intrigues you? And really, it's not like you can pivot to another matchup, but just curious on your take of how you break down this rushing matchup uh, and the, the aerial attack for Tampa Bay uh, as a general statement 
and feel free to tie that into the the individual running backs as Steve just did. I actually don't hate the idea of playing them both in the same lineup as well. It's, you know, partially because we have... I'm sorry, the winner, the winner... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the way, on Monday night, between the, uh, was it the Falcons and Green Bay, had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and Robert Tanyan and Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, he had both running backs for the for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Just to throw that out there. Yeah, I did not do that, and that's why I got dusted <laughs> a little bit in that showdown slate. I, I do think it's viable here. I think the Chicago matchup is maybe a little harder than some people are anticipating. They're only allowing four point two yards per attempt on the ground. They faced a lot of rushing attempts, which is partially why that raw number, just the pure yardage, is elevated. I, I do think Tampa Bay probably takes a run heavy approach, like Steve mentioned. And with the price we have on Keyshawn Vaughn, if he even plays 30% of the snaps and sees somewhere between five to eight touches, that could be enough just to get you there just based on that volume alone. Similar to what we saw with, with Jamal Williams. I know he was a little more efficient on those touches. Even if Keyshawn Vaughn isn't, it still could get the job done. Yeah, I'm with both of you guys here. I also think the price point on Ronald Jones is fair. It, you, you would think given the the all of the injuries to the backfield that he'd be a little bit more expensive, but it's not the case. Listen, he saw 29 opportunities last week, 20 attempts and nine targets. That's insane for Ronald Jones. That has to be his heaviest workload of his career. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. If I'm wrong, well, fair enough. 17 opportunities the week prior to that. Uh, Carolina was that game where him and Brady botched that handoff and Bruce Arians benched him for Leonard Fournette. We go back to week one and he had 20 total opportunities with 17 attempts and three targets. So really in three of these games, he has essentially been the bell cow back for Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and, and we can't ignore that. Let's um, if you guys are good, do you want to turn the page to uh, the Chicago bears here? I, I don't want to leave any stone unturned for a showdown slate. So Feel free to chime in on the Bucks now before we move over. We good? I think we hit everyone. Okay, sounds good. Uh, let's talk about the Bears. By the way, for those of you that are just tuning in, welcome. We're happy to have you guys. But also, if you haven't checked out awesomeo.com yet, uh, we'd love to have you come over and join that family. We got some really great stuff, and we just included all of our showdown. What better time to talk about it? All of our NFL showdown content is going to now be in the Express Pass, which is only $3.95 a week. So for less than $4 a week, you've got all of the content that was already included in it, all of that premium content, uh, plus the showdown stuff, the premium uh, projections, the ownership projections, the top player tool, the rankings. It wasn't included in it before, but just the other week we decided that we wanted to put that in there to beef up this package a little bit more. Uh, it's huge bang for your buck at f- less than $4 every week. You get everything included. And hey, there's three and sometimes more showdown slates a week. So, you know, it's paying for itself uh, in less than, you know, less than a week, really one slate to be to be fair. 
Uh, also, though, if you go to awesomeart.com slash join, you can see everything else we have. So if you wanted to play MMA and you wanted to play NFL and NBA and PGA and NASCAR and UFC, we have the Awesome Oat Plus uh, Platinum All Access, get you everything you need. If they have contests for it, we have content for it, including stuff like League of Legends. We have ownership projections and player projections and top stack tools for all of these sports, all of which have been created and used every day by the number one DFS player in the world, Alex Baker. So be sure to check that out. Go to awesome.com slash join. And uh, when you do decide to sign up, whether it's the express, whether it's the platinum weekly or monthly or annual uh, hop in our premium Slack chat, say what's up Uh, guys talking sports, girls as well, talking DFS and um, betting and all types of sports around the clock. So we'd love to have you over there. It's a good community. So come say what's up when you decide to sign up. All right, Matt, Chicago Bears, Nick Foles. Statistically, he's actually struggled since taking over, but a lot of people are just kind of looking at the fact that, well, in week three against Atlanta, he led them to a comeback against a dismal Falcons team. Now, I take nothing away from him. It was a gutty performance. He punched the ball in the end zone three times with his arm, and here we go. But last week against the Colts, A formidable defense, by the way. Might be the best defense in the league. Very, very good. Uh, He struggled mightily with overall ugly numbers across the board. Which Nick Foles do you anticipate seeing today against the Bucs team that has shored up their secondary a little bit, but the real strength is on that ground being able to stymie the the opponent's run game? Nick Foles has a pretty large sample of not really being that much better than Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) It's it's, I mean, he is better. Don't get me wrong. Statistically as well, not just with his gutty performances. He is statistically better than Mitch Trubisky, but not by a lot. If we just look to this year, he's not even completing 60% of his passes, 6.2 yards per attempt. Those are both outside the top 30. Chicago is not exactly playing, you know, the most friendly offense for him either. They're 20th in seconds per play. Tampa Bay does have a pass funnel defense. You mentioned it. They're 31st, or I guess I should say second overall as far as run defense goes. That's 31st would be, you know, their mark if we were just looking at it the other way, the 31st best defense. So anyway, they're really good against the run. Their pass funnel defense, that sets up for Nick Foles here to potentially exploit this weakness. I'm not sure if he'll be able to. Like we mentioned, he's not the most statistically sound quarterback in the NFL He's not expensive, and he's coming in with less ownership than than Tom Brady, so I'm actually a little bit interested in it, but again, it's Nick Foles. It is Nick Foles, yeah, but it's also a showdown site, Steve, and Nick Foles has proven in the past that, I guess the one encouraging thing about Foles is he's proven that he can have those monster games. He'll also have some really ugly games, but we've seen some very big performances out of Foles. Uh, are you willing to get there with, with relative frequency today? Yeah, I think uh, very similar to uh, to Brady. I, I, I see him as kind of a um, utility type play. I, I think that uh, you're just going to have a lot of opportunity to to get to uh, the quarterbacks, especially in the utility spots uh, this week with the way that the um, the salary is and some of the guys that we mentioned over on the Tampa Bay side, uh, like Ronald Jones and Tyler Johnson, just being so cheap. So, so I think uh, getting to Nick Foles again is a is a good option. I 
I agree. I don't know that he's a whole lot different than uh, Mitch Trubisky, but I would have the same feeling uh, with Mitch Trubisky in this spot. So I think that that is certainly an, an option. I don't really love getting to Nick Foles in uh, the captain spot, though. I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I, I don't see the the chances for uh, him being the the top guy uh, too well. I think. Let's see if we. Look at his last couple of games. I mean, you have to go all the way back until uh, 2018 season, week 16, where he's really had a game that um, warranted, uh, you know, uh, a captain type role. So I I don't see that as being a huge, uh, great asset. Um, What do you guys think on the chances that Nick Foles were to, get benched with a with a really poor outing or is or is that ship completely sailed i don't know matt go ahead i think it's kind of sailed at this point with trubisky having a long long sample of not being any better you can speak to this Lafay. you've you've seen some good nick Foles play before trubisky essentially has never played well <laughs> that's fair <laughs> nick Foles in the 2017 2018 postseason well I guess the whole 2017 season 2018 postseason was truly remarkable Uh, his performance against the Vikings was one of the best you've seen in playoff history Uh, and then that battle between him and Tom Brady by the way this is the first time they'll face face off against each other since the 2018 Super Bowl was also remarkable so yeah I've seen some really good games from Nick Foles Uh, as a matter of fact Nick Foles still holds – isn't Nick Foles still tied uh, for most touchdown passes ever thrown in a game? I'm talking about not franchise lead, but I believe uh, he's thrown he, – he has the he has tied the record for most touchdowns ever thrown in a game. That was seven against the Oakland Raiders back in 2013 as a member of the Eagles, I believe, when Chip Kelly was still coaching the team. So, yeah, Matt. 406 yards, seven touchdowns. I think the record still stands. I think he's tied with Peyton Manning. You guys in chat can look that up. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh, Point being, he has had some big games with some big touchdown numbers, uh, and I think he can do it again. Like, he always has the shot to put up a four-touchdown game, three-touchdown game. I'm not saying I think that happens today. I think it's very much uh, unlikely that it happens, but it's there. It's not like we're going out there and running – you know, Dwayne Haskins and hoping for a four touchdown game or Sam Darnold or something like that. I, I think there is a difference there, uh, which I'm willing to to look at. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. And, and just to be clear, I, I'm not uh, proposing that I think that uh, Foles will get benched. I, I just, it's a showdown and you think of all the different angles. I, I would say that the odds are very, very low on that, but um, <laughs> who knows what the coaching staff is just doing right now. I mean, you, you have all preseason to figure out which quarterback you want to go to. And then they Trubisky plays basically as we thought Trubisky would play, and then he gets benched. So, so who knows what they're thinking? Yeah, and it's funny because last year in Jacksonville, Foles started off the season, was playing really well in week one, uh, got hurt. Minshew comes in to start. Then Minshew gets benched for Foles later on in the year, and then Foles got benched for Minshew, I think, the very next game. So anything's possible. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys in that. I do not think that'll be the case today. Nick Foles is going to have to have a really bad game in order for that to be the case because, like Matt said, if you bench him for Trubisky, 
it's not like you don't know what you're getting with Trubisky and you can hope that he provides a spark. You pretty much do know what you're getting with him and it's nothing good. Matt, what about Allen Robinson? Uh, I think I mentioned last week that he is one of the you know preeminent receivers in the league. He's just been on a team with quarterbacks going back to Jacksonville that never really, that never really show fully showcased his potential, but he's the type of guy that can have those huge, huge games. Uh, and I think on showdown sites, we really need to dig into that. Oh man, let's go back further to Penn state where Christian Hackenberg was his quarterback. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Allen Robinson, 26 and a half percent target share. And that's even increased with Nick Foles. He's been targeted 13 and 10 times in the last two games. Like you mentioned, the Tampa Bay defense has gotten a little bit better year over year compared to what we saw last year. But overall, with Robinson, it's going to be a target volume thing for me, and I'll certainly be playing some of him. I found it pretty interesting that these guys, like Robinson is the same ownership as Mike Evans, essentially in the utility spot and the captain spot. But we know Allen Robinson's actually healthy. So if I'm deciding between the two, I think that's a pretty easy decision. Where do you guys fall on that? Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I, I've got to agree with that. Um, I, the the benefit you certainly get with Mike Evans is he's not going to have as much competition for uh, targets, but Allen Robinson uh, has just been un- unconscionable with uh, his targets. 10, 13, 9, 9. I mean, that's pretty much as consistent as you can get. Over 100 yards the last two weeks um, and, and touchdown in both of those. I, I think you got to really strongly consider Allen Robinson for captain and um, whether he'll be my top owned captain. I'm not really hundred percent sure right now. I might lean towards Ronald Jones. Uh, but I think between Mike Evans and Allen Robinson, I'm going to go with, uh, um, Allen Robinson. Um, I do think that, uh, that there are some other good options too on, on the, uh, on the rest of the passing game with, uh, Chicago. So, uh, and, and their prices are, are not too bad. So you, you have, um, Darnell Mooney uh, there as well, and Anthony Miller both, uh, you know, with good prices. It looks like uh, Anthony Miller is, you know, all the way down. Is well, Anthony Miller is a little bit pricey actually, 6,400. So he might not not be as good of a uh, a deal. But uh, Mooney is actually not too bad. He he's seen his uh, snaps stay pretty consistent the last couple of weeks. So he's been at 60, 62, and 74 uh, the last three weeks since they kind of uh, demoted Ted Ginn. So I think that he's a pretty interesting option. And um, I don't, but but I don't think it's going to be enough that he's going to uh, siphon off all the uh, targets. I think when you're when you're thinking between a Robinson and Mooney, I, I can definitely see why uh, Foles is wanting to uh, focus in on Robinson. So, um, so I, so I think Robinson is the preferred option, but there are a couple of other um, options, and and most people don't really know Mooney. So, um, despite all of his playing time, he's not a very uh, common name across the uh, DFS industry. So, I think you'll see his ownership come in lower than. Uh, what a lot of the sites might expect and um, makes a pretty sneaky play. Okay. Someone in chat I saw mentioning Cole Kmet. Listen, and, and that Nagy said he wanted to get him more involved because 15 snaps wasn't enough. That's fair, but understand that he's averaging like five routes run per game, but even worse than that, 
he's not being targeted on any of them. He's been targeted on 13% of those routes that he's run, 0.55 yards per route run on the season. So uh, my thing is, even if Kokomet ends up playing 25 snaps, he probably, he, like, he only ran four routes on 15 snaps last week. If he plays 25, maybe he runs six routes. There's just, you know, p- being, like, playing well, or as Nagy said, playing, you know, better than, than, fi- than 15 snaps or deserving more than that uh, is different than running more routes and being targeted uh, on, on those times or actually on the field. So uh, I'm out on that for now. Any other pass catchers for Chicago before we hit the backfield, Matt? Yeah, we have to talk about Jimmy Graham, our new ageless wonder at the tight end <laughs> position. He's priced up. He's expensive, but his role has been fairly steady with Chicago. You mentioned Cole Komet. They're using him a lot to block, and it's because Jimmy Graham and even Demetrius Harris are basically just two receiving tight ends, and they're soaking up a lot of the receiving role at the tight end position for Chicago. Jimmy Graham has been a little bit inconsistent with target volume. He goes from seven down to one, back up to 10, and then to five. But he's still playing a majority of the snaps. Last week in particular, he ran a route on 75% of dropbacks. So I think you can look to Graham. I certainly prefer Allen Robinson. And then he's a little bit more expensive than the receivers that Steve mentioned with Miller and Mooney. And I think I prefer Mooney and Miller straight up to Jimmy Graham. But I mean, he's on the field a lot and it's a showdown slate. So we have to consider these guys. Let's talk running back, Steve. Last week, we saw David Montgomery, 10 attempts in this game. Very low scoring affair. He was targeted six times, though, on the day, which to many is a very encouraging sign following that week three season-ending injury to Terry Cohen. Now, the, the, the notion that he only saw um, 10 carries is a little bit disconcerting. But maybe this game stays close. It's expected to stay close. If you look at the line, um, David Montgomery, seeing those six opportunities in the passing game, though, is pretty encouraging. I also wanted to just look at some of the other running backs in this offense, like Ryan Nall, people talked about. He saw zero opportunities. Uh, He only played one snap. So I, I still think this backfield is solely David Montgomery's. It's a matter of, do we trust him against this Tampa Bay uh, defensive front, which has done a phenomenal job of suffocating opposing run games over the past year and a half? Yeah, I I think you, you have to, to some degree, Um, you know, just because of the workload that, uh, you know, David uh, Montgomery is getting, but um, I I don't know why they uh, Tampa Bay uh, or yeah. Why the why the uh, the Bears uh, abandoned the uh, run so much last week? I mean, they ended up Nick Foles ended up with 42 uh, pass attempts as compared to you know the 10 rushing attempts for uh, Montgomery, whereas and only three for Corderell Patterson too. So it's not like anyone else was getting the lion's share of touches. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and over the year they've not really been super. Uh, pass heavy by my metric uh, even including last week they're at about two percent higher pass ratio uh, than the league average if you adjust for game situation Um, so so it's not like that is uh, kind of who they are so so I think that they're going to get a little bit more uh, back to uh, the run game even against uh, the run defense that's very uh, tough um, and with that, I think you got to imagine that Montgomery is going to be the uh, the main beneficiary. Like you said, um, 
uh, Patterson hardly had any uh, work. So I, a lot of people talked that, oh, maybe Patterson with uh, Cohen going out is going to get a big increase in his shares because uh, Cohen had been playing uh, leading up to his injury, 46, 32, and 32 percent of the snaps. And pretty much all those snaps went directly to David Montgomery. During that time, uh, Cordell Patterson had been 15, 22, and 13. He was at 18 percent this, this week. So none of that role change went to uh, Cordell Patterson. It all went directly to David Montgomery. Another week of practice, maybe they have a chance to get Cordell Patterson more involved. Uh, but it, but it's pretty uh, worrisome for me that that he didn't uh, in this first week. So I think I'm pretty confident rolling out uh, Montgomery. Uh, his price is okay on the slate, I would say. Um, the fact that he's the same, actually a little bit more than uh, Ronald Jones is a little bit dis uh, disappointing. I would have hoped that he would be a little bit less than uh, Ronald Jones, but I think it's still a fair enough price that um, I'll be pretty heavily invested in him. And you might see a discrepancy in ownership there as a result to Montgomery getting half of the captain spot ownership uh, as as our boy Ronald Jones. So uh, Matt, close us out here running back position and we'll call it a day. Uh, keep in mind, I'll be back with you at 11 a.m. Eastern time with Matt Savoka breaking down all of the matchups for the week uh, week five slate. And Matt will be back with Kyle Dvorak after that with your FanDuel-specific strategy show. We've got a ton coming up today, so stick with us. Floor is yours, Matt. I don't have a ton to add with the running back position. With David Montgomery, I like that he has a locked-in receiving role. He ran around an 80% of the Nick Foles dropbacks last week. If you look to the Tampa Bay side, I'm not convinced that job is solely Ronald Jones moving forward. Keyshawn Vaughn ran around on 24% of the Tampa Bay dropbacks, and he only played 25% of the snaps overall. So he very clearly had some sort of role in the receiving game. It's conceivable that Keyshawn Vaughn siphons more of that away for Ronald Jones. We just don't really know with Vaughn having not played a ton so far this year. On the Chicago side, at least, it seems that that, seat, that is going to be David Montgomery's role. So I think you can make the case for Montgomery if you want to play the ownership game, take a stab on him. His role could be more secure than Ronald Jones. Alex Baker and Kyle Dvorak tonight, live before lock. Make sure to hop in 7.20 to 8.20 Eastern. We got to go because Josh Ingleman and Adam Scherer coming up next with the MLB Strategy Show. 15 seconds each. Kickers and defense. You first, Steve. Um, I think I will probably play a little bit more of both of them uh, in the, in this game than what I typically do. It's just not, not a lot of offensive threats, and I, I think you can get some good values from them. All right, Matt. I'm in the same boat here. I both defenses are priced up a little bit, so I'm actually looking a lot at the kickers, not in the captain slot. I could see this being a game where you get a decent amount of field goal opportunities. It's so ugly. It's not fun, but sometimes it's got to be done. Thanks, Steve and Matt. Follow these guys at Steve Buzzard, at Matt underscore Gajeski, and myself at Lafay underscore D on Twitter. Stick around for the MLB Strategy Show. I'll see you back here in a little while. And before you go, hit that thumbs up. We'll see you back here soon. Thanks for watching.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.